Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast, your home for all things Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and so much more. Join Derek, Trent, and Ian as they tell tales to astonish along this journey into mystery. So grab some snacks and settle in because Paperweight Entertainment starts now. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the paperweight entertainment podcast this is your host Derek hoskins sounding a little bit more like myself this week we are very excited this week we are going to be talking about hawkeye episode four with me as always is mr ian torrance he just finished dinner he's ready to go ian how you doing man i don't know if this is like swimming or biking am i supposed to wait 15 minutes before i start doing activities or (laughs) i don't want to cramp up on the podcast Derek. No, you'll be all right. Just stretch while I introduce our next. I almost called you a guest because you're never here anymore. Mr. Trent Persinger's back. Uh, Wow. (laughs) I was here last week. That counts for something. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And we actually do have a guest. That's 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 why that messed me up. I, I apologize. Trent is a wonderful co-host and social media manager and a vital, integral part of this podcast. Our guest for tonight, we're excited to have him, our, uh, my TikTok friend from the Caption Life podcast, Mr. Sean Winningham is here. Sean, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you so much for being here. Like I said, we're going to talk about Loki tonight. But before we get there, we do have a little bit of uh, a news to cover. What, we what are we really talking about, there? What are we talking about tonight? What did I Am say? Am I on the wrong episode? What did Loki? I say? <laughs> Loki? We just Loki. went back in time six we months. We can. Well, Have y'all seen this about... new show yet? It's called Loki. <laughs> we're gonna. I, all right, I got my brain in other places. Full disclosure for for those that aren't a part a of this conversation normally. Um, my my brain is somewhere else. I apologize. I have been talking a lot about Loki with somebody at work. Um, that technically just you're all right tonight. We are talking about Loki. Currently. <laughs> <laughs> all right now. Uh, whatever. I'll edit all this out later. Probably Don't not. You dare. Probably not. Don't I'm going to keep dare. it on there. We're going to talk about Hawkeye, but before we do, we have some news to cover because we haven't talked about news for a little while. Uh, oh, first, does up, that have anything to do with Loki? <laughs> I'm going to put you in the waiting room. <laughs> we got a trailer, a surprise trailer that apparently my co-hosts don't care about. So I'm going to ask Sean about it because I sent these two hey. jackals a text about it when it when it popped up, and neither one I of them responded. The trailer. So we're, we got yeah. our first look at Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 uh, a couple of days ago, and I thought it looked fantastic. Sean, did you get a chance to watch that trailer? Yeah, I did. And, and you know, I, I loved the first movie. I thought the first movie was uh, great. The, the only thing I had trouble with is, like, some of the glitch styles because it would give me a headache. But other than that, like, I love the animation. I love the story and, and everything about it. So I was really excited to see that. Not only we got a trailer, but apparently there's going to be another movie because this is part one now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's interesting to see that in that trailer, we saw uh, Miles fighting Spider-Man 2099, uh, Miguel O'Hara there. And so I thought it was really interesting to see, like, you know, this is something that we're going to be seeing later on. And um, as they're, you know, fighting, they're going through different dimensions. Like it's like different animation styles. And so I thought it was really interesting how they're going to be exploring that too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I was wondering about that scene because I, I, I don't know if he's fighting with him or if he's trying to help him get his bearings. Right. Um, either way, it's going to be awesome. And I did love the different animation styles and that Spider-Man 2099 looked really 
beefy there at some points of that. So that's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting thing to, to see. I don't remember Miguel O'Hara looking that that buff in the comics. <laughs> uh, Trent, what about you? Did you get a chance to watch it? I did. I did. Yeah, that was very unexpected trailer drop. I mean, I don't even know how I'd call it a trailer. It was more like a just kind of a scene, really. Yeah, it was, it, was like cool. a, it was like a clip with a with a couple of little a sneak peek, if you will. Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, I'm like you guys. I was very surprised by the part one that came up at the end. I was like, oh, dang, okay, a two parter, which just makes the wait until this one comes out feel even longer because isn't it like October that it comes out of next year? So it's like um, you gotta wait yeah, all that time, and year. then you know there's even going to be a part two. So it's just like, ugh, I hate the mm-hmm. wait, but um. But yeah, I, I agree with what you guys have said so far. I loved the uh, first one. I thought it was one of the probably one of the better animated movies, definitely recently and maybe just ever. Even like that's how good it was. That's how much I liked it. So yeah, I'm pumped for this one. Mm-hmm. All right, Ian, round us out here. Are you gonna be uh, you gonna go along with the crowd, or you got some hot takes for us? <clears throat> Excuse me. What's the question, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part Across 1 trailer? Ah, gotcha. Pass. Ian you know what? I, I really I really love the 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 effort that you put into doing your homework for this show. You're our content curator, Ian. You how many job. times? How many times have I said I have no idea what I do here? <laughs> That's all right. I am looking forward to it. Uh, I, Ian, did you I, like I the do, first one? I do. I curate some content, but I didn't curate that, so I guess I just didn't give a shit. <laughs> I have a quick question for you guys, though, on this Sorry. topic before before we move on. Uh, I did like the first one. Yes, I thought the first one was uh, fun. I thought it was cheeky and fun. Go ahead, Trent. So based on, I get to say apparently, <laughs> you can chime in on this, Ian, because it's kind of a broad question. But based on like some just rumors, call me broad. Based, based on, <laughs> yeah. Dumb broad, no. Uh, based on some, uh, based on some rumors and just kind of how Sony is in general. Do you think they have the guts to somehow mesh this with their other live-action Spider-Man movies? Because I've seen some rumblings out there that maybe, you know, they might somehow bring Miles Morales in, or they might bring like Tom Holland into the. The Spider-Verse movies, like, do you think there's any sort of crossover there? I've heard those rumors and those rumblings and people kind of theorizing on that. Do I think they have the guts? Yes. Do I think they're dumb enough to do it? No. I think that what they're doing right now is really... Well, I think what they're doing right now is really smart because they're able to have both of their popular Spider-Man characters right now by having one of them stay in animation and one of them in live action. And I think if they're smart, they'll do that. Now, they may change it up and maybe they'll find a, a fun way... I saw one person online say that uh, it'd be really neat if, you know, Tom Holland's walking past like a video store, like one of those old timey, like window displays of TVs and, you know, into the Spider-Verse is playing or something like that. So that it's technically in the movie. But I would be really surprised if they actually messed up this kind of perfect balance that they have with having both of their Spider-Man characters be able to be in theaters, you know, within the same year. Uh, Sean, did you have any thought on that? Yeah, I, I think if, if they were to do that, I think they would do something along the lines of like what they did in the movie Enchanted, where they have like the animated world. And then when they show up in the other dimension, like it's a live version. So like if Miles Morales, you know, went from the animated into the, you know, uh, Tom Holland universe, it would be a live 
person as opposed to like a Roger Rabbit type of movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. So really... I, I think it'd be like one of those things if they were to do that. But I, I think I'm with you, Derek. I think, um, you know, I, Sony, I feel like has a history of struggling with, you know, doing really well with Spider-Man on their own. Um, I mean, they, they do really well, but they always have these high expectations. I feel like they always disappoint themselves, mm -hmm. um, which is why, you know, the amazing Spider-Man three never happened. Right. Um, but uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse was like the first one they'd done on their own. That was just phenomenal. And, and, and I agree with you. I think they're not going to want to mess with that too much, but I think they could probably make, I, I would see them making a movie where, you know, they might be interacting with each other on some level. Um, and I, I think they could have the momentum to do that, but I think they would have to still make it distinct and not do this weird Roger Rabbit type of um, uh, experience with it. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that the idea of mixing the animation and live action would be a little too, I don't want to say cheesy because I think they could probably do it and it'd be interesting. But I think right. that you wouldn't get the same audience reaction you would as seeing a live action Miles Morales or an animated Peter Parker, you know, Tom Holland's Peter Parker. I right. think that it'll be more more rewarding either way. Ian, since we got, you know, we cut you off on the, the last part of this. What about you? You think that there's any chance of seeing seeing any crossover between the live action Tom Holland and the the animated Miles Morales? I, I don't really feel like it's necessary to do all that. Um no, I think that's my answer. I don't feel like it's necessary. Yeah, I, fair enough. I, I don't really, yeah, I don't really like have a lengthy, girthy uh, description Girth. on the why. <laughs> Beefy, More choice of words. You like to say <laughs> enlarged explanation on the the subject matter. I just don't really think it's necessary because, like. What like why do we need is that? anything like, Sony does necessary though? No, and I agree with you. Well, <laughs> look, like, Sony has put out some, movie. Sony has put out some very good movies, and a couple of them were even Spider-Man. They have. I've given them shit, but they, you know, I'm a, I'm actually a Sony loyalist. Loyalist. Let me try loyalist. Loyalist. When it comes to go. like their, maybe not so much their movies, but their technology. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's fair. Um. Well, moving on from that, I don't really have a good segue because I've been wanting to talk about this and I have had no one to talk to. And I'm excited because Kevin Feige announced that Charlie Cox will be back as Daredevil if or when they ever do a Daredevil movie. I want to read his actual quote uh, because yeah, some people were saying that they thought or a lot of people heard this quote and thought, oh, he just confirmed that Charlie Cox is in Spider-Man No Way Home, which I mean, he is, but <laughs> if, if, if I had to get we'll get into that later but he, that's not what he said here's his exact quote he said if you were to if you were to see Daredevil in upcoming things Charlie Cox yes would be the actor playing Daredevil where we see that how we see that when we see that remains to be seen he did that sitting next to Amy Pascal who is the worst person to have in an interview who looked because, like she was on coke through that because as <laughs> amazing of a, of a producer and an executive as she is get that woman away from interviews. She says random things and she gives away everything. Cause the second that he said, if we see daredevil, she did the Kevin Fe Feige look over at Kevin Feige. Like, what are you talking about? Also, we know we're going to see him here in a second, but, but also, yeah. when did Kevin Feige get such loose lips? Very unlike him. I don't think it's, I, I, I don't think it was loose lips. I think it, it's something that he's planned for but a you're long gonna time. Say, I don't think his lips are loose at all. 
No, I think that it was very decisive and planned. And I think that it's because we're going to see Charlie Cox in Spider-Man. And, we'll I, also, and I also think it's because we're about to see Vincent D'Onofrio in But that makes Hawkeye me think well. all the more reason he wouldn't say it because Kevin Feige doesn't say anything, which is why I love him because he's so secretive. But I, I think I mean, because there's so much confusion over the Netflix series and where it sits in canon. I think yeah. that he, that was his way of getting out in front of it. Because again, I, I really do think he's going to be in no way home. Uh, Sean, what do you think? A, are you excited that Charlie Cox is coming back as you sit there with your daredevil hat and your daredevil action figure? <laughs> and uh, right. two, do you think he's going to be in Spider-Man? Yeah. So I, um, first of all, I, I agree with you, Derek. Like when all that was coming out, I thought it was really interesting that everyone was saying Kevin Feige confirmed this, but then when you go in the interview, he, he does say if, Right. And so it's like, what did he actually confirm? Right. right. But with that being said, it's probably going to happen. You know, right. <laughs> but I just find it funny. It was just like, you know, oh, he confirmed it. But when you read it, it's just like he didn't confirm anything. You know, he's just he's he's just saying stuff that's to mess with people, you know, because that's what Marvel does. You know, look at the Infinity War trailer and how we all thought we were going to see Hulk and Wakanda. And that never mm-hmm. happened. Right. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Um, but yes, I would love to see Charlie Cox come back as their double. I thought he did a great job in the series. It's definitely my favorite of the uh, you know six series that they had on Netflix from the Marvel shows. Um, and I thought he just did a fantastic job of encompassing you know Matt Murdock and Daredevil. So I would love to see him come back in the MCU, whether you know it's in the movies or if he shows up in the um, in his own series or an Echo that's coming out later on. Um, I, I would love to see him back in the MCU. Now, if he's in Spider-Man No Way Home, I mean, that's yet to be seen. I'm somebody that I don't want to speculate too much because so much has been shown by both people who are leaking stuff and by Sony. Right. <laughs> Which I'm just like, well, like, uh, but I think I, I was listening to you guys talk about this. Is like by the time we get to the movie, like we'll all know all the details and it doesn't right, even right. matter at that point. Right. But um, yeah, that's why I've been trying to avoid it. But I will say this, like, I, I don't think that was Charlie Cox's arm. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Not um, at all. I, I could see him coming in. I, I think I was worried about because they're bringing in so many, you know, big name people into the movie. Like, would it get would it make sense to bring Charlie Cox? But I mean, at the same time, like you're looking at some of these other shows like um, Hawkeye, some of the other ones, like it seemed they seem to be doing pretty good with bringing in like these big characters and giving them, you know, their due diligence. But I think if he does show up in Spider-Man No Way Home, it might just be a few scenes as Matt Murdock and we Mm -hmm. don't really see Daredevil in this. So, yeah, I think I was going to say that also, if you, if nobody brought it up, is that I don't think we're going to see Daredevil and Spider-Man at all. But I do think we're going to see Matt Murdock, which would be another reason why he would let people know that, hey, when you see Charlie Cox, that's who he is. So there's no right. confusion at all. Even though, I mean, if, if he's playing Matt Murdock, he's going to have the glasses. He's going to have, you know, he's more than likely going to have a cane or some form, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's going to say, my name's Matt Murdock. But some people might not equate that with Daredevil. Because the right. general audience, we got to remember that we we do know things that the general audience doesn't always know. And we can't take it for granted that they're just going to know every character when they show up. Right. Um, like Echo, you know, you mentioned Echo. That's a prime mm-hmm. example. There are people right now that are watching Hawkeye that have no idea that Maya is Echo and that she's right. going to be that character. There are people right now watching Hawkeye that have no idea that Kate Bishop is going to be Hawkeye and they can't fathom why Kate Bishop has gotten so much screen time in the Hawkeye show. <laughs> but we'll neither here nor there. Uh, 
Ian, right. what about you? Are you excited to see? I know that we talked about Vincent D'Onofrio last week. What about Charlie Cox? Are you excited to see him have a chance to come back? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I just saw I saw your lips move and nothing happened. I said, yeah. <laughs> Glad you're here, he buddy. He's like the antagonizer of this he group, is. right? That's all he does. <laughs> That's his point. That's his whole reason to be here. Oh, man. I got to get some sort of joy out of this. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I I do think it's kind of funny that he's just like, well, if he was gonna, if we were gonna do Daredevil, it, it, yeah, he would be in it. It's like, that's not an answer. <laughs> yeah, they have contracts drawn up years in advance beforehand. Like, yeah, you don't Kevin just fuck him off the street. Like, yeah, Kevin Feige uh, as the president, Charlie of, Cox, as the president of Marvel Studios, he can't legal legally say, yeah, Charlie Cox is is Daredevil without having like a signed contract. So the whole idea of if and when we when we see that, when we see that, if you ever see him again, it's like, okay, well, you've got your plan for him. Whether he's in Spider-Man, whether he shows up in Echo, whether he shows up in the next five years, doesn't matter. You've already signed a contract with that man. Or the contract from Netflix is somehow still valid, which I don't know how that would work. But Trent, what do you think about the whole situation? I mean, I think it's... I think it's good. It's encouraging. I mean, you know, yeah, everyone thinks he's going to show up in the Spider-Man and he may very well. That's fine. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't, honestly. But it is nice hearing it from the man himself that it's not going to be a recast. It's not going to be a total start from scratch. It will be him, whether it's in Spider-Man or like you said, whether it's in Echo or five years from now. He is going to be Daredevil at some point or continue to be, which I think is awesome because we can all agree Daredevil is the best show on Netflix or the best Marvel show, even though I like them all, but Daredevil was, I think, heads and shoulders above the rest. But I think what it also says is that... Knees and toes. Um, and knees and toes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I think what it also says, it says something else in the sense that, like, I feel like there's always this, like, persona or this, like, whatever you want to call it about Kevin Feige wanting to keep his distance from, like, the TV stuff. It's not Marvel Studios. It's a different thing. They're not MCU canon. He wants to kind of keep them at arm's length. So I think the fact that he is, like, on board, and not only on board, but coming out and saying Charlie Cox is going to be Daredevil must mean that there's something about the Netflix shows or at least the castings that he approves of and likes and wants to keep going. And so, I mean, I think that says a lot because Charlie Cox is back. Vincent D'Onofrio more than likely going to be back. Uh, you know, maybe he brings them all back. I, I mean, I had a brief Twitter exchange with Sean um, earlier this week about what Netflix characters uh, we would keep or bring back mm-hmm. to the MCU canon. And I was like, bring them all back. The only one I would not be too tore up about is Iron Fist. And we kind of have talked about him before. You know, I didn't mind that actor. I didn't mind the show. But mm-hmm. of all of them, he would be the one that I guess would probably be recast. But I'm I'm talking like Colleen and Misty. They were excellent. Mm-hmm. Um yeah foggy and karen were great uh you mm-hmm. know all the side characters like so maybe this means they're all going to come back at some point if kevin feige you know maybe he maybe he likes these shows more than than we were let on i i would love to see john bernthal come back as frank castle i thought yeah, he did a fantastic absolutely. job in that role i i absolutely after daredevil it's punisher just because john bernthal just did a great job with it yeah i agree yeah, yep. he did. That's one I'm going to have to watch. I never watched the Punisher sh- series, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because Season I have a hard time. was really good. I have Two a hard time good. with the Punisher character in general. It's just, it's it's right. a, it's such a dark story. And mm-hmm. I know it's 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 such a cliche thing to say that uh, as a parent, I don't want to watch, you know, or consume media about a parent losing their kids. 
Right. But you know, I'm a sappy parent. I, I, it, I have a hard time with it, but in daredevil, he was perfect. So mm-hmm. I would love to watch that show. I just have a hard time, hard time. Oh, with yeah. I would love to see him come back. I do think that it's going to be unlikely to see him for a long time. Right. Because of everything that's happened in the last year and the unfortunate stigma that that character has gotten because of a small group of morons that decided to incorporate his logo. And yeah, that's just you annoying. My, you mean so, my Jeep and crew? My Jeep yeah, family? Yeah, your Jeep family. That's what it is. That's stupid <laughs> Jeep owners. I don't have a Jeep. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'll be really surprised if we see Punisher anytime soon. But I hope if we do that it's John Bernthal because he was perfect. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'd am i be happy with all of the... Uh, all of them coming back, even Finn Jones, Danny Rand. He, he ain't coming. He, he back. was he was all right. He's not coming back. <laughs> but to segue into our our final topic before we uh, we take a little break here, talking about Charlie Cox and whether he may or may not be in Spider Man No Way Home. This is our last episode we're recording before Spider Man comes comes out in theaters. I'm really hoping that I'm off quarantine and time to go see this movie. Um, fingers crossed. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh god i don't even want to think about that it makes me sad but this is our last show beforehand so we're going to take a minute and this is our last chance to get any predictions out and i'm going to start it out by the unpopular opinion and the hot take i hope that toby mcguire and andrew garfield are in this movie but right now if i was going to put money on it i would put money on charlie cox being in the movie and not on andrew and, and toby both maybe one or the other but not both i know it's the hot take but that's my prediction right now i'm going to say it if they're in there, I'm so excited, and I'm sure I'm going to be wrong. But if I was putting money on it, I'm going to say not both of them. I would I would say uh, Charlie Cox. Um, so that is my biggest thing for Spider-Man: No Way Home is that I don't I don't know officially like so many other people do that Toby and Andrew are coming back. Um, you know, call me crazy. Somebody take over. Tell me I'm insane. <laughs> I know Ian Ian is squinting at me like I'm a nut job, but he equated Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin to Peter Sarsgaard's Hector Hammond. So they sound identical. They're just screaming all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing this back up. What Go did on. Go on. Predictions. Go predictions. Predictions. Oh, that, We're on no, predictions. It sounded like you said you're bringing this back up. I was like, no, I said bring I'm bringing up? this back up again. That um, was 100% me. Why, why would you why do you feel like one and not the other though i don't know i just i i think that it's been taken <laughs> okay, too much thanks. no i think that it's been i think that i've heard too many people um say over the last six months that well we know toby and andrew are going to be in this no we don't and i'm a big fan of speculating responsibly and i think that going into this movie expecting them yeah because yeah, speculation should be fun if you're going to speculate you need to do it responsibly because if you don't then it's going to turn into expectations and expectations are not what you want you what want to speculate. irresponsible speculation what's, on, what's it, that sound like saying i know that toby and andrew are in this movie and then building that foot in your mind and then when you get there and they're not in the movie now the uh, movie sucks i think it's disappointing i don't think it's irresponsible <laughs> I, I don't well, think gonna die over it or anything. use whatever terminology you like hey Ian. no listen I listen god i'm gonna put you it, in the waiting room i'm laughing as well but i actually agree with you Derek, because i've been saying it since day one this movie is going to be killed by its own hype you said it earlier we're going to know everything that happened before we go watch it which i hope is not the case i want to walk out of that movie being totally surprised i was i was just curious as to why you thought one and not the other but that's I'm, that's that's i'm, I'm just saying I that about. i would 
I, I'm just not as 100% on the idea that they're both going to come back as, as so many people on the internet are. And I, mm. I'm going to keep that, that thought process until I go see the movie so that it doesn't turn into something where I'm like, okay, I'm expecting them to be there. And then watching the whole movie, instead of enjoying the movie, wondering, well, where's Toby? Where's Andrew? You know, and if one shows up, okay, well, now the next one should show up. Okay, he's not in this scene. Now the next one should show up. And then it starts to ruin the experience of the movie. So that's why I say that I'm not 100% that they're both going to be in it. Hope they are. Mm-hmm. But if they're not, it's not going not gonna to end me. See, I, I would think that irresponsible speculation would be somebody that is going down like a really, really big rabbit hole for no reason whatsoever, because that's what right. I do. <laughs> I was like, what if like, like these five things happen? Not that I think you actually will, but let's just like entertain that crazy idea that, that this would happen. As crazy it is, I feel like I always feel like I'm like Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he does the theory <laughs> the board. board. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. I that's that's a term that I heard um, from another podcast I like to listen to called the Force Center. It's a it's a Star Wars podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, they they came up with that phrase "speculate responsibly" because that was one of the things that hurt the sequel trilogy is that people kept expecting oh, so things to, steal to happen. Another show's catchphrase. No, I've talked about it many times. Not stealing <laughs> How giving credit right now. You. <laughs> giving credit right now. But I do think that that's something that hurt the sequel trilogy is that people expected things to happen. They didn't happen. And then because of that expectation, they thought that the entire trilogy was a bust. Mm-hmm. I would disagree with that, but it doesn't I, matter. That's my point where I, I think that it, we need to be really careful when we're not allowing speculation to turn into expectation. I apologize, Derek. It's just when you use those two words together, I think of like I'm driving and I'm like, I speculate this car is going to. Oh, no, I was so irresponsible. That's what I think of. I'm sorry. That's that's where my childish brain goes. I thought the light was going to turn green, but it didn't. (laughs) How irresponsible. I just drove through a red light. What a what an irresponsible speculation. <laughs> I know why I'm looking back at it. <laughs> you passed it at this point. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, does anybody have any predictions for Spider-Man? Or are you just gonna crap on my terminology? On <laughs> I feel like we could do both. <laughs> no, I my my prediction, and I I stand by this firmly, is what I've always said. I have no idea, obviously, what's going to happen. It could go either way, but I would I would like for both of them to be in it, it which is funny because I did not think Andrew Garfield was a good Spider Man whatsoever. For shame, sir. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't no, it's all right. To... That's actually a popular opinion. A lot of people didn't. Care. I just right. yeah. I just I maybe his Spider Man, but his Peter Parker. He was just so jittery, and he was just he was just like talking really fast, and they didn't make any sense. I'm like, good God, what is this kid on? <laughs> it was definitely a different version. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a much more early. It was a much more like mid. 2010s like it was very much a product of the time i think because it was trying right. to be you know a little bit a different type of nerd where he was just kind of an, a social outcast but not really a nerdy type of guy which right. i thought was an interesting take on it but i don't know if it was i mean it didn't work for a lot of people i i didn't mind it but mm-hmm. well like when flash has got the kid up and he's he's like doing that to the plate or whatever and he's, he's like why don't, you, why don't you put him down flash why don't you just put him down i was like why is he doing that with his hand why don't you go down somewhere <laughs> go lay down peter um i'll say i'll, I'll say a couple of things if you don't mind no, um, 
this is not really speculation. This is more of a this is more of a, a Charlie Day theory type of crazy idea that I don't think this will happen. But me personally, I would love it if it, instead of it being Andrew Garfield and um, Toby McGuire, if we actually got introduced to a Spider Gwen and Miles Morales live action in there, I think that would actually be a a, a great way to do that. Um, I don't think it'll do it because I, two things is one, I don't know. Um, you know, if, if I'll say this, if this is actually what happens, I think Sony and Marvel would just be flabbergasted because they're like, we didn't see this whole, you know, other two Spider-Man thing becoming a thing. And now we're just going to piss off a lot of people, right? right? Cause they're not seeing that now. Um, but I think that that would be fantastic if they did that, but I don't think it will. The other thing I'll say is I know a lot of people are speculating, you know, the, who the sixth person is for the sinister six and everyone's saying venom. And I don't, I'm not convinced of venom. I, I think it could still be Jake Hall. I think it could still be Mysterio coming back somehow. Um, just because, and, and, you know, spoiler alert, I mean, it's been like months, but you know, if you haven't seen it yet, you, <laughs> you probably heard about this, but you know, with the end scene credit with venom too, where you see the uh, multiverse kind of, you know, moving them into, Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man world. It is not confirmation that he'll actually show up. Mm-hmm. And I think if he does show up in this movie, it'll be more of a like an end credit or mid credit scene to kind of set up for them interacting later on. I, I really don't think he's going to show up in this. I really don't. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I, I've i never really thought that he was going to show up in the movie proper. I figured right. he was going to be a, a credit scene. Right. Um, and as far as like the Miles and Gwen thing, I think that would be great. But I, I really like the idea of somebody somebody floated the idea of having um, Emma Emma Stone come back as Gwen, mm-hmm. which I thought would be really neat. And for her to be like the one as MJ's falling for her to be the one to swing in and catch her. Right. I'm sorry. I for some reason when I thought Emma Stone and Gwen, I just pictured like her coming back, but she's just falling immediately. Oh. I don't know why. <laughs> when you said, that's I was where, like, why would that's you want to see comes that? Th- that's where she comes through. <laughs> She comes she through still the multiverse dies. still falling. falling. <laughs> oh, God. Like that's... the Loki scene from uh, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> I've been falling. I've been falling for 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, as far as the other uh, Sinister Six member goes, I think there are a couple options. I, I will be surprised if we don't see Vulture show up in this movie at all especially Mm -hmm. since he's already been mentioned and already been shown in the Morbius trailer. So we know the character's still around. Um, I hope so. Just so it pays off that thread they left at the end of homecoming where Scorpion talks to him and it's like, they're setting it up, but then they haven't done anything with it since. So maybe Scorpion too. Maybe he comes Mm -hmm. back. Yeah. Scorpion could, I'm still not sold that Doc Ock is going to be a villain in this. Yeah. You know, honestly, it seems like they're setting it up to be kind of like a, Almost reverse because I think something came out with Willem Dafoe about how he's talking about how he's going to state his case. Right. And it almost seems like they're going to be flipping it and not to get down like any crazy theories, but like I can see why people think Mephisto is going to show up in that Mephisto's Doctor Strange because of this whole reverse of, um, you know, these are actually like villains. Here. Spider-Man's the villain, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I and do- and I'll, I'll throw another crazy idea out there that, again, I don't think this is happening, but I think it'd be really cool if they did is since Endgame, I have this idea that I don't think all of the shows and movies in Phase 4 might actually still be in the same universe. So like what we saw Loki, where Loki shows up in a different you know multiverse, 
we could be seeing um you know all these different movies but they're in different universes and they're going to get merged at some point but i think it'd be interesting take if they're like tricking everybody to think that they're all in the same universe and then you find out somehow they're actually not in the shared space as we thought they we that they were so mm-hmm. pretty cool yeah. Interesting. yeah it's a possibility especially it's with the everything ultimate, it's the it's the ultimate uh you know writing tool if you need it <laughs> right you just go, hey remember that multiverse thing yeah just, <laughs> <laughs> i really think like i mean with the multiverse i just think i mean you could do anything with that I mean, not just not I'm not trying to make him sound like they're lazy or anything like that, but like you could literally just be like multiverse and then that could just explain anything you want to do, really. That's right. why I brought up the question earlier about when we were talking about across the universe. Look at me. I'm doing it now. Ah. Look at this. Across <laughs> the Spider-Verse. Because uh, you know, they're really leaning into this multiverse thing, not just uh Marvel, but I think Sony is really latching on to it too. And that's why I don't it wouldn't mm. surprise me if they did try and do something with it because of the Spider-Verse already established in that movie and then the multiverse over here in the live action. And like who knows what we're gonna get because you've got like Venom and Tom Holland together now. You've got Vulture over here in this Morbius movie, but there's like pictures of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man on the wall and it's like who's in what universe at this point? Like I feel like it's right. all just going to be a big jumbled mess when uh, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home comes out. So it's just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I don't have really any predictions, but I do have a feeling that maybe it's not going to be what we expect at all. Or at least I hope. I hope it's not what we're expecting because so much has been leaked and rumored to this point. I just want to go in there and not have it be beat for beat what I'm already kind of expecting. I want to be blown away and surprised. That's I think we're going to be, especially for the fact that we never talked about it, but the uh, the press screenings for this movie were only showing 40 minutes to the press, like to the journalists. They weren't awesome. showing the oh, entire wow. the entire movie. They were only showing 40 minutes and a select 40 minutes, not like the beginning or the end, just a specific like part that they put together. But Variety still got invited back. Those fuckers. Yeah, I know. Freaking <laughs> Variety. <laughs> but yeah, I just I think that this is actually going to be a lot, a lot more surprises in this movie than people are expecting. I think that all the leaks and all the rumors, people have coalesced that into their mind of what's going to happen. And we already know what's going to happen in this movie. I don't think that it is. I think that we're going to be surprised. And I want to ask you all a so, question. Um, I'm going to give you an over under 50% over under 50% that Tom Holland, uh, Peter Parker dies at the end of this movie. Cause that's another one of the rumors that's floated around and that would be and a they've big already surprise. Confirmed that he's doing another trilogy. No, they right. haven't. Sony came out and said, no, we are not. There's no plans on the books. That was and Amy Pascal. Pascal that said she said that. And then next day, yeah, but Tony said, no, we're not. So I'm just saying they look at her look at her and go back and look at what it says. It said, we're going to do one more with Tom. She didn't say we're doing a whole nother trilogy. They could be doing one more thing. But anyway, I'm just asking the question because that's another thing that has floated around over under 50% that they kill off Peter Parker in this under Ian. What about you, man? Cash cow under under Sean. Yeah. I don't think they, they will at the end of this. Yeah. I, I offered up the question, but I don't think so either. I think they'd be insane. <laughs> wow. You wasted everyone's time, Derek. Thank you. <laughs> no, I wanted to get everybody's opinion because I, I don't think that they will either. I also wanted to say that because I'm going to bring up something similar when we get into our Hawkeye discussion. Over under 50% that Tom Holland is still in the MCU when it's said and done. At the end of this movie or at the end of Doctor Strange 2? Well, this movie is he supposed to be in Doctor Strange too? I don't know. I'm I think in this movie. 
He's supposed to be in one more like unnamed Marvel. Yeah, a, he's yeah, he's got one more I think in their I deal. I didn't right. think about that. That's true. Then yeah. I don't know, but I just I have a <laughs> feeling they're gonna just either take him for their own Sony universe or they're gonna just leave it open to where he can somehow go back and forth, which will be kind well, of well. I've been weird, I've been but... saying since they started marketing No Way Home that this was going to be the end of Peter Parker being in the MCU. I honestly, I do believe I'd say over 50% that they're going to take him out of the, of the MCU by the end of Dr. Strange, maybe not by the end of this one, but uh, if he's in Dr. Strange and that's where he kind of closes all the multiverse loopholes, then uh, yeah, I would say, I would say, yes, he's going to be, he's going to be gone. The inner shot. This movie is going to lead. Nobody want to, nobody want to throw their hat in the ring on that one. I just, I mean, maybe I just, I wonder if this movie leads directly into Doctor Strange somehow, because it's the next movie out, right? And they had to do a bunch of reshoots for Doctor Strange. So I wonder if they're trying to like last minute, trying to make it almost like a pseudo two part story kind of thing, like Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. I don't know. I kind of hope not, but. I I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like that, because I agree with Derek. I think, you know. Just because Tom Holland isn't going to be in the MCU doesn't mean that Sony will try to do their own thing with um, with Tom Holland Spider Man unless there's some contractual agreement with it or something like that. But um, but I think if they do something like that where he's no longer in the multiverse at the end of this movie, I think they will still somehow leave it open to where if they want to negotiate him and bring him back, they could do that and leave something in the plot. Um, and the overall plot to be able to do that because I don't think they'll ever really like fully close it, but right. I can see them doing that. So, well, Kevin Feige even made a, a statement a few months back where he said that Spider-Man is a is a unique hero because he's the only one that can that can hop between universes. Mm. And what else could he possibly mean other than being like, all right, well, you know, we're going to be done with him technically, but they'll leave the door open to to allow him because right. I think that. Sony, for all their faults, are understanding what a cash cow they have. I mean, they're making a lot oh, of yeah. money. We're talking. They're 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 talking right now. Um, uh, the box office predictions for Spider-Man: No Way Home are ridiculous. Like talking about mm-hmm. being possibly the third or second all-time opening weekend box office, mm-hmm. um, even during a pandemic, based on the the ticket sales so far. So they're saying either a hundred from anywhere from 190 to $250 million opening weekend, which would be insane. So I think that Sony should be smart enough to want to keep this very lucrative deal going as long as possible. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Anybody else got anything else? We're going to take a, take a break here. No, nothing, nothing going once going twice. All right. Please take a moment and listen to a word from our sponsor. And when we come back, we will talk about Hawkeye episode four, not Loki. We'll be right back. (laughs) All right, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for sitting through that word from our sponsor. We are going to get into Hawkeye episode four. I want to know what you guys thought about it because we haven't gotten to discuss it at all. And Ian, since you didn't get a lot of, of talking points, in that first half, I want to know what you thought overall of uh, of this episode. Please, for the love of God, tell me you actually watched it. You're talking about Loki, right? Yes, I'm talking about <laughs> Loki. Uh, yes, I watched it, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was very, very well done. It, like I said before, it's getting better. It, uh, it it was it was a slow start for me, but it's it's getting better. And uh, 
And by the way, spoilers. Full, just up front. Full, I was gonna yeah. say my go Spoiler, okay. spoilers up front. We didn't mention that last week, so I'm really sorry if anybody got spoiled by watching or listening <laughs> to our podcast. I, I always like I hate when you ask me first because I always tread softly because I usually say something you're like, "Oh, we're not spoiler free yet." I'm like, "Get." Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah full no, spoilers. I, I uh, I like I like the back and forth, the back and forth between uh, I don't know why I turned into Zoidberg. Uh, back and forth between Kate and um, Clint. I think I think it's funny. I think it's witty, witty banter. I enjoy witty banter, and uh, like her going into that apartment and him being like, "All right, you got to scale this and do that." She's like, "Oh yeah, no, that sounds great." And she just walked to the front door. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I thought that was cool. And then the the rooftop scene was very very fun as well. I'm not gonna be the one that spoils that. I'm gonna let Trent do it. All right, Trent, what do you think about the episode overall? Overall, I really enjoyed it. I think it's really picking up steam. I think, I mean, overall, I'm just, I'm loving the show. I, I'm kind of where Ian's at a little bit. I thought it did start a little slow with the first couple episodes, but then like we talked last week, it really just kicked in with episode three. My only, if I had to pick a negative, which it's not really a negative, but my only thing about it is the fact that it is picking up steam and I'm enjoying it so much. And the fact that I know there's only like a couple episodes left, I guess I was slightly disappointed that this episode a was the shortest so far but b it didn't seem to move the plot as much as i was hoping like it was definitely it was a great episode but it was more character driven for sure and don't get me wrong those scenes those character moments were great and i'm sure we'll talk more about them in a second but i guess i was just kind of waiting for more stuff to happen and it didn't and that's normally not a problem but again like i said knowing that we only have six episodes i just i, I wanted to like I don't want it to be rushed. I want it to be like if this were a 10 episode season or 13 or whatever, like a normal show, I would have probably no complaints whatsoever because you do need episodes like this one where it was slower, more talking and stuff like that. But that was just in the back of my mind. I was like, man, like not much is happening so far. But then the, the end scene was really great. Like Ian mentioned that fight and and we got Yelena. I'll spoil it. Yelena showed up like we all thought she probably was going to this this episode and that was awesome so it ended really well and it just it just it leaves me wanting more just like last week that's that's my only thing is that it, it was a short episode and I just I want more I'm loving it yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna let Sean round us off here in just a second with the uh, overall thoughts I really like this entire season so far I love this episode I I I don't I have no problem saying how much I enjoyed it I have heard a lot of people say that they were a little concerned that it was more of a filler episode which I can understand the the critique but I really enjoyed it I I think that once again they're making a, a, or they're they're doing such a wonderful balancing act of fun lighthearted comedy moments with surprisingly deep and emotional moments as well and some pretty decent action the action in all of the um disney plus shows with the exception of falcon winter soldier i thought has been just a little bit um subpar at, at times um just some of the choreography and i have a couple of issues with the fight scene at the end of this um but overall i really enjoyed it and i'm i'm i am sad i understand being disappointed that we only have a couple episodes left because i feel like that is another thing that the disney plus shows suffer from is that they they don't have a really long season and they don't have really long episodes and then it feels like that last episode is just like okay we got to cram everything into this one episode and it's still only going to be 40 minutes long mm -hmm. and i feel like they've got to get out of that habit because they they do that every time but overall i really enjoyed this episode john what do you uh, what do you think man yeah, so I'm I'm in the same boat with you all. I think this episode was a, a very good episode, but 
Um, I also say I think Al the floor for me personally. I think this one um, was probably the weakest. Um, now, I mean, with that being said, I still think it was like I said. I think it was still a, a very good episode, and I think it was it was much better than some of the other ones I've seen in the other Disney Marvel shows. But I think about the fault of all four of them so far. This one was the one I was like least excited about after watching it. Um, but I think it has to do with a number of things, which is what we all touched on is the fact that there's a lot going on. It felt like there were things that were just kind of cut for time mm-hmm. in this episode. Cause the first three just did a great job of just, you know, diving in and exploring and doing development with the characters and the relationships and stuff like that. And this one, there's just some things that just didn't really made a whole lot of sense. Unless you think about just like what we've been talking about, two episodes left they have to kind of move this forward so they can get to the last two episodes which tends to be you know the game-changing episodes that we see in all the marvel shows and everything right um i also know i was a little bit because i wrote a review for this for comic watch as well too and, and i was a little bit nitpicky about a lot of little things which i i usually let those things go but i felt like i just noticed a lot of little things that it bothered me personally, but like I said, overall, I think it was still a really good episode um, from the standpoint of, you know, the series is great and, you know, this, it, it wasn't like a terrible episode at all, but um, I, I think there are some criticisms that's, you know, deserving of it and it's just the weakest of the four so far. So, yeah. And one thing I want to uh, like the, the when, when we say that they've got so much to do, and why I'm so the, my major disappointment with Disney plus and their shows so far is that like, just think about what they've set up so far in this show that now they only have two episodes left. So mm-hmm. they've set up um, everything that's happening with Jack. They've set up everything that happened with Armand with his murder. They've set up, um, you know, what's going on with Maya. They've got to, they've got to get through her character and get her ready for echo because I'm sure we're not going to see her again until the echo series. I'll be really surprised if they do a Hawkeye season two before they get to Echo. They've now introduced this uncle character that everybody needs to, everybody wants to find out what that is. They've now introduced a new thing with this watch and what the watch is going to do and who is it transmitting to and are they going to be able to handle that? They've now brought Yelena in. They've got to deal with that. And then they also have to deal with is Clint going to make it home in time for Christmas? And I'm sure I'm missing a couple. Oh, and also the whole branding issue that they keep bringing up. They're going to, they're (laughs) going to do this whole thing with this costume, which is fine. And I'm enjoying it. But that's almost 10 things that I've counted out on my fingers that they've only got two episodes left to have a a solid and satisfying conclusion to. And when you look back at like WandaVision, even though that had nine episodes, that still felt rushed at the end of it. You look at Falcon and Winter Soldier, you could really really feel the the COVID um, shutdown. You could really, hey, 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 I will die on the hill of the boat episode. I love that episode. It's a great episode, but like I said, when you only have six, you have to be able to use your time wisely. If it was that boat episode, would have been great in a 10 episode season. But in all of them, even in Loki, as much as I love Loki, there have been some real pacing issues towards the end of the season. And I feel like they have got to get this worked out because it's not just with this. Mandalorian has done the same thing where it Mm -hmm. felt like they were kind of stretching out storylines throughout the season in short episodes and then trying to rush through to the conclusion and i don't know if it's just a budgetary issue that they don't have as much money as they were hoping for that they are keep they keep making these episodes so short but i I don't understand you have a streaming service you can make them as long as you want and if you're going to introduce all these things let your runtime reflect that you know i don't think that a, a tv show has to be an hour and a half long to be a good episode 
But if you're only going to have 40 minute episodes, then you need to pare down your story to fit those episodes. Well, just it felt like they spent time in areas that they didn't need to spend time in and with this week. Like with the LARPers, like that was a fun scene, but did we really need to spend that much time with them this week? And with the whole, that opening scene with, uh, you know, Kate's parents, I mean, it just felt like it, it went too long and we didn't necessarily need that. Like I the, know where they're going with the, the LARPers and the making the costumes and that'll have a break. Right. And then I know the Jack thing is still a big, I think he's still a big red herring. I don't think he's going to be a bad guy. Although they did connect him with the, uh, the traction the, mafia in this episode so those two storylines are kind of converging at least but i don't know it just it felt like we could have been spending the time just doing more stuff than what the episode spent time doing but that's it, just that was me personally I, I i mean again i enjoyed the heck out of it still and again if this were not a six season episode season i wouldn't have any of these complaints but just knowing like you said that there's only a very short two episodes left to tile this off that's where i'm just kind of getting like you know concerned yeah and i understand that go, go ahead sean uh i was just gonna ask a quick question have you all read the um comic books run that this show is i'm pretty sure that i'm the only one not. that has trent did you read any of that the fraction run i can't remember i have not but if you own it i'd love to borrow it sometime i do not own I it. I, I i read that digitally gotcha okay but yeah, I did. I, I did read that. I did not read the uh, the Jeff Lemire run that that came afterwards, but I did read the Fraction run and loved it. I lo- and that's one of the reasons why one of the things you brought up, Trent, with the LARPers, I thought that that was genius because what they're doing is they're taking the building tenants mm-hmm. that they had from the comic, and I was trying to figure out how they were going to get that in there. And then they had grills show up in <laughs> in episode two. And I was like, all right, well, they changed his character. You know, he's a little different. At least he's in the show. And then when mm-hmm. when Hawkeye gets there and they're all in the apartment, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, that's what they're doing. They're using this this other okay. story dynamic. Well, that in was order lost to, on me to, then. Right, and I think it would be yeah. lost on anybody that hasn't read the book, but or the comics. But as somebody who loved that run of comics, it really it worked for me. I was excited. I thought, oh, that's a brilliant way to bring them all in. Right. Well, and, and I'll share this, Trent, because I because I wouldn't be surprised if this happens and then it would make sense why they brought the LARPers in for this episode is that in the fraction aha uh-huh, Hollingsworth run, um, all the tenants in the building actually help Hawkeye and, you know, help Clint and Kate with the uh, well, actually, it's just Clinton Barney at that point. Kate shows up yeah. later, but they actually help with. You know, trying to fight off the traction mafia. So I wouldn't be surprised if they show up and actually help yeah, Clinton Kate with this. You know, I can especially kind of see since they're they're all it, first responders, they're first responders. So they officers. probably had some form of training. Plus, they're LARPing right. training. I, I like the LARPers, and I think they add a lot to the show. I just felt like, again, with all the ten things that Derek counted off, I just I felt like we have a lot to get through, and I just kind of was wondering why we were just spending time with them mm. again not that they were a bad thing i just we have a lot to get through is all but yeah but that's how I, we're going to get the costumes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah i know and i'm excited i was hoping we saw uh, hawkeye's costume in this episode but i'm sure it'll be yeah. like a last episode last episode thing yeah definitely yeah, it's like a daredevil episode. thing you know yep. <laughs> it's exactly how it felt like so <laughs> yeah so i have a couple of uh, a couple of talking points to get the the negative out of out of the way early um and get into some of the positive and some questions based you know on that opening scene where you have jack and eleanor and i do agree with you trent i think that even given his comic book origin i think that jack is a red herring i'm just i i don't believe that they would make it this obvious 
Now he may be a villain and I'd be perfectly fine with it. Cause you know, he's, he's a douchebag in the comics. Let him be a douche in the show, but I would not be surprised if he's not really involved and it's actually the mom. And, um, so and Sean, what is the mother's name, Derek? Well, her character name, I believe, is Eleanor. <laughs> no, no, say her name, Derek. It's Vera Farmiga, and mm, yes, she, mm, she's mm. she looks very well. She looks very very nice. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> she looks very nice. She's a very well built woman. She's not a nun, Derek. <laughs> I mean, in the Conjuring universe, she kind of was. Or I don't think she was a nun. That was her sister. Was it her sister? Well, I mean, I didn't the, see that movie. The I think character. that was the demon. <laughs> no, the character. She was a nun. No, I'm her, not getting her into sister, the Conjuring universe. Her sister, her sister was sister in the nun movie. Oh, yeah, her sister. Okay. In the Vera nun, Farmiga's okay. sister. We got way off the rails. Yes, Vera Farmiga plays the mom. <laughs> and I think that they're going to make her into the MCU Madame Mask, and I hope that's what they do, because Madame Mask Ooh, was a big villain okay. for Kate. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Ian, do you know who Madame Mask is? I know that that's not a, a big, well-known MCU or Marvel villain. she was in, uh, Madame Mask was in Agent Carter, which is one of those shows that may, maybe right. or maybe not be. Do I know who Madame Mask is? <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. Well, what do you think? Oh, do you think Jack is actually going to be a villain, or do you think he's going to be... Uh, do you think that they're I think just trying he to be either a is or he isn't? Either Pretty way. safe bets, right there, man. No, um, nailed it. I, I, I agree with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree with you guys. This is the kind um, of man you go. You go to a casino and you just put two chips, one on red, one on black, at the roulette table. <laughs> and you say, "Let her spin." <laughs> I would not be surprised if uh, Jack and Clint actually do know each other. Like they do in the comics, and they were playing um, dumb in that first scene. Somehow, yeah, some I, way. I, uh, <laughs> I think that uh, it is it is very interesting to see where they go. But I agree with you. I don't I don't think he's he's the villain. He just I don't know. They're making him seem too likable. Like when he's sitting there and he's like he's like saying all the phrases wrong. Yeah, that was the first time they've made them. He's like, what? Very adorable. Why do Why do you laugh at these things? That doesn't sound anything <laughs> like it, but you guys know. You guys know what I was going for. The, there. I, he actually said, like, my version was Count Chocula. <laughs> why do you say these things? <laughs> when the comics doesn't he train Hawkeye? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In the Man. original, in the original comics back in the sixties. I feel like right. I'm probably bearing the lead on your talking points, but I feel like we might as well jump right into it. I read a list of theories today while at work when I was working, and a lot of people or a lot of the articles I read thought maybe he is the one linked to the watch, and maybe that's why Clint and them are after it. Because we got to talk about that watch. Who whose watch is that? We got to get into that. <laughs> yeah, we will get into that. Is yeah, one of my talking points. Look at you. Look at you go. <laughs> I figured it was. I just. I tried to segue. I, I in do. There. You, you know, know what? You know what he's doing. You know well, what he's doing, Derek. Speculating responsibly, stealing my thunder, <laughs> stealing your thunder. <laughs> I, I was going to ask Sean before we before we moved on. Go ahead, Sean. I was just going to curious on your your thoughts on Jack, but go ahead. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting what Trent said though because before this episode, actually, I had a theory based on what we saw in episode three because we saw somebody in the run and Sue. Mm-hmm kill off the tracksuit mafia and knowing the origin stuff like that that's actually exactly what i said i said maybe um during the blip somehow clint and jack 
met each other and they were both Ronin, right? Mm-hmm. That would be cool. And maybe that was Jack that was doing that, especially with him being swordsman. Um, I would be really surprised if they were playing dumb though, because I think in that sort of moment and everything, like I, I think there there'd be too many holes to yeah you're probably right yeah but i, I mean, had that thought too but the the problem with that because i thought going into this that maybe jack was the sort was the ronin that killed maya's father mm-hmm. but if that was the case why would clint absolutely have to get that sword back from him like they made a point of showing that clint saw the sword and wanted it back and got it from him and he got it pretty easily maybe he gave it to him just saying it's possible in cahoots somehow. well i i will say i had not to veer off too much, but I had an issue with that scene because that sword was extracted already laying there and somehow he magically got it, retracted, retracted it. it, and no one seemed to notice or hear it. Like, I, the hand, like man. that's an example. I know that's an example of like how this episode is just like, it's just, that's I feel Scott like Lang there's a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, I think that's like the level of um, things that got left on the cutting room floor is like they had to, you know, move the story forward and they're just like, let's just, go with it not really explain that part or you know just we need to get going on this so yeah 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 but yeah the other thing you know going back to it who is uh you know who is who are they trying to protect with this watch who is it going to expose um i have my theory i i could see it being jack but again like like sean was saying that'd be really hard for them yeah, to that's play coy that's not that the one I'm, that's not the one i'm going with i just thought that was a fun one i'm i probably am going to agree with who you're about to say i bet i bet probably an entire month's salary that it's his wife that it's yeah. laura that's the popular one that's the mm-hmm. one that i would bet because it makes the way that she was talking and the, the concern she had about the watch it makes sense because otherwise we're going to have to introduce somebody more than likely and at the end of this show and they already have so much going on i would hate for them to introduce a new character because it can't be black widow because all of her information was leaked at the end of winter soldier so that wouldn't be anything new Mm -hmm. can't be clint because he's still there everybody i mean the only thing that it could be is maybe where his family are but they already know where who his family is and everything so i don't i don't think it's that so the one that makes the most sense is the fact is the idea that his wife was an agent as well and she retired and they erased all of her information but somehow there's something in that watch there's a popular so, theory that she might be mockingbird too they already have mockingbird if they're going to bring back the netflix shows but i would not be too disappointed if they don't bring back uh what's her name adrian padalecki or palecki mm-hmm. well that goes back to the whole argument what's canon and what's not because as much as i love out there too as much as i loved agents of shield um oh, I, I she's, she was not my favorite character <laughs> my favorite character she was gonna get her own show sir until she didn't well yeah she was also gonna get her own wonder woman show she doesn't do well with pilot (laughs) that's true so i gotta say um (laughs) i I feel (laughs) this is really interesting to hear you say because it was a netflix show it was the abc show right at one point derek you said agent carter was actually agents of shield well agent carter yeah trent mentioned agent carter because that was where madam mass showed up yeah. Right. But when we were just talking about Mockingbird now, yeah. Or did I mishear that? Yeah, that was Agents of Shield. Right. It was like in the I thought I heard someone say Agent, like talk about Agent Carter. Maybe I just misheard that. Never mind. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> That's my fault. Yeah. It's it's all right. I said that we were going to talk about Loki at the beginning of this episode. Who knows? Right. What right. We're talking about it all. And yet we yeah. haven't mentioned him one time. <laughs> Can we please talk about the subject matter? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, um, go ahead, Sean. I, I was I was 
Yeah, I, I honestly don't know about the watch. And and I think it'd be, I mean, it would make sense. Um, I mean, Clint was kept referring to he. And I mean, it, you could still argue that he was saying he just to, you know, be protective of everything. But I, um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know. I would have to think about that a little bit more because I, I feel like there, it just, it, there wouldn't be enough motivation i think or they're not showing enough motivation for that watch or that like level of concern from what's going on with it and everything so i don't know it's i'm not sure i mean it, it kind of makes sense because you, you saw maya had that list of right. family members and stuff like that but i think at the at the same time i i don't know if that's actually what's happening either so also, i don't know i could be wrong it makes a little sense too because well one how just easygoing she is with his superhero life she doesn't seem to ever really break a sweat about him going out and doing all this stuff but also mm -hmm. they like they immediately started talking like what was a german on the phone like it was yeah. nothing she's like helping him now with the spy stuff and then when you right. really think about it like we don't really know how they met or what clint's life was like pre like shield so i mean it would all make right. sense for her to be in that line of work too and that would be maybe how they met so i don't know yeah there's I, a lot going for it but i know i, I guess it's for me it'd just be like why but why even introduce that? Like, so like, let's say even True. if that was the case and like, it was connected to her, like, like then what, you know, like he already made a point to say that the Ronin suit is tied to him and his family. I don't right, understand right. like what the watch would have brought value to that whole, you know, urgency of making sure like, that's just one more thing to right. try to protect. And like, and even if she, you know, you find out that she is an agent, like, okay, then what after that, you know, like, are they, spy kids <laughs> <laughs> i had a crazy thought if we were going to talk about speculating irresponsibly yes what if it's well, well, Derek, be careful Ir irresponsible be careful i'm gonna i'm gonna be irresponsible because there's no way this is it what if it's what if quicksilver is still alive what if what if it's you somehow, said that Derek? it's because he wears a tracksuit it's because he wears a tracksuit yeah he has a tracksuit what if Quicksilver's still alive and that watch shows where he actually is and where he's hiding out? You're not cool talking since about... he has that connection with Hawkeye. Yeah, he you're has not... got a connection. Go ahead, you're not Trian, about... Ian, whatever your name is. <laughs> Trin, <laughs> Trian, Jeff. Trian. <laughs> Are you saying go ahead or like go on? <laughs> Continue. Are you talking about Quicksilver or Ralph Boner? <laughs> well, that's really the only reason why i thought quicksilver because i was thinking of that swerve and wandavision and i thought well maybe they're maybe they're trying to find a way to get quicksilver back into the mcu which i don't think they are but i don't know i was just trying to think of something because the only one that makes sense is laura but the fact that you said you know that he said he it could be anybody at this point i don't okay. know it, I, I mean it I could know. be well, and I would go back and say it could be somebody we already know, just not in the series. Like one thing, right. one crazy I idea I has, like you know, I don't know why, but like, what if it was like Nick Fury, right? You know, because yeah. technically he's been out of the game and everything, and and I think they've made it so that he's dead, and not a whole lot of people know. Although he showed up at Stark's funeral, so it's not like it's that big of a secret. But yeah, the other the other long running rumor, long running, it's only been on for three or four episodes but <laughs> one the, the other rumor. three weeks <laughs> the other the other rumor that has been going around the other theory is that it's involved with kang somehow because yeah. the one it's a watch so it's got to deal with time Two, the lot number is 268 which is an avengers issue where he's dealing with kang mm -hmm. um 
So it's a possibility. I'd be surprised if they do that mm-hmm. because I feel like that's an awful lot to introduce in a show that's so grounded in, you know, street level issues. Right. But any, any time to get Jonathan majors back as King, I'm excited. I cannot wait for more of him. I thought he was perfect in Loki. There you go. We talked about Loki. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm not sure. Who's time. I don't, I don't know who the watch is, is dealing with. Um, but one person I know for sure it's not is uh, Yelena, who we finally got to see, like like Trent said. Good segue, Derek. Good segue. Hey, I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning. Um, so, yeah. So, Yelena came back in this episode, uh, showed up after we knew that she was going to, after the uh, post-credit scene in Black Widow, and, and the wonderful Florence Pugh um, with some pretty poorly choreographed fighting. I'm not going to lie. I, I was not not a big fan of the the fight scene on the roof in really? this episode but um does anybody honestly believe that she was trying to kill hawkeye no i i don't i don't think so but i mean i think that's what they're kind of getting at i think that's what they're trying to hint at is like you know why wasn't she you know trying to do that well especially what she did with kate right right because she didn't throw Kate off the roof. She put a grappling mm-hmm. wire on her and threw her over. Right. So my guess is he's probably going to, you know, do a little bit more investigation, whatever. But it, I, I think the intent was probably just to, you know, take him down and get right. him somewhere. So, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I have to say, as, as much as Hawkeye is a great character and he's a fantastic fighter, I don't believe for a second that he'd be able to hold his own against Yelena. I think she's would outclass him in every way. And she incapacitated him once she incapacitated Maya multiple times mm-hmm. when Maya could have been helping her kill him. You know, she was even holding him down at one or holding him back at one point. And instead of hitting Clint, she punched Maya in the face, which was a pretty, pretty funny moment. That that was probably my favorite moment in that, in that fight because it was so unexpected it was like oh all this this crazy stuff going on and just a solid punch to the face just kind of right. out of nowhere so yeah i don't think that she's actually trying to kill clint yet i i think that she like you said is trying to get some information because i didn't get the sense that she really trusted val at the end of uh, black widow no i i, I, I got that she, sense too yeah I, I don't i definitely don't think she trusts her but it definitely seemed like she was still working for her because didn't she make a comment about how she was on a vacation or something and like yeah she was on holiday which like, leave me I, alone like as if she had been working for her for a while yeah i'm yeah. sure she's yeah. working for her but not necessarily like out of convenience right, right. More yeah, than I, don't, willingly. I don't think she trusts her either i mean elaine is a she's a she's a good guy character she's not gonna you know right so. she's such a good character i'm she's, so excited yeah. to see her do more mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i about, think she Oh, Sorry, Sean. Just, go ahead. No, I was going to say I think she totally stole the show in, in Black Widow, but oh, I, yeah. um, sure. I got to say, you know, Derek, with your comment about the choreography, the only issue I have with the choreography, and maybe I need to watch this again. I've watched this like episode three times. Is the part I had an issue with is how Maya was able to kick Kate, and somehow she flew with that one kick from the sideways, flew over the little you know opening on the rooftop, like five feet in the air. I was like, I, I don't know. I'm like, even if, you know, she's not a um, Captain America level uh, super soldier at all. So it's like, I don't know how that would have happened in real life, you know, doing that right. sidekick and, and having her fly across the rooftop by five feet like that. So, yeah. It, yeah. It's kind of sad because when that happened, um, sorry, Derek, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, shut up. 
<laughs> Sorry, Sean. That's one of our catchphrases here. I, I've noticed that when I listened to the episode. <laughs> yeah. The, didn't we talk about putting that on a t-shirt? You're going to get it a shirt. I'm going to put yeah. that on a shirt. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it, I, I agree with you, Sean. I thought it was weird how she, this is going to sound terrible, but when she flipped over, I thought, oh my God, she's going to fall in there. When she didn't, I was like, you know what? I kind of wish she would have, because that actually would have made sense. <laughs> I was like, I mean, obviously I'm glad she didn't. I didn't want her to fall to her death. Like I wanted something to happen there, but I'm just like, why did she just float over there like that? Right. Yeah. yeah and it wasn't was like subtle about it. Like, oh, she may fall. Like it was a split second where I was like, oh, she may. Oh God, that was silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, like, as quick as the fear came, it was gone. I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> So we're, <laughs> I didn't even have a chance to gasp. I was like, oh, okay. She, never mind. She's fine. All right. Kind of weird they threw that in there. Yeah, right. I thought that was weird too. And I that one didn't bother me as much because black widows are, you know, they do have a little bit of like augmented strength and things like that. Like you said, not Captain America level, but they they yeah, they are was, this was Maya that kicked her. Yeah, but oh Maya kicked that, her. That's right. It Maya's was, the one that kicked her. Yeah. Maya and kicked that, her. Yeah. And, and and the way Kate like floated across yeah. like that. I just right. Maybe her like prosthetic the whole leg thing just... had like a spring or like a hydraulic in it. it was like, oh my god. <laughs> that would actually that. explain it. Yeah, like, like the punch. punching, like the boxing glove that comes out of the like, like that thing, uh, like Data's uh, punching crossfire, yes. crossbones hat on. Yeah, oh god. <laughs> yeah, I guess that could be a possibility. But yeah, my yeah. problem with the choreography is it was it just seemed so slow and and labored. Like uh, you watch, and I know it's not fair to compare them, but you watch something like Winter Soldier, and you watch the fight choreography between Winter Soldier and, and Cap. You know that mm-hmm. knife fight, that incredible hand to hand fight. And then you watch something like Civil War with Black Widow and, and Hawkeye. And that's the level we should be seeing. And it was fast and it was, you know, it was really well matched and everything. And it was really interesting to watch. And this, I, I was bored during an action scene. And uh, and that that happened also in um, that happened also in some of the fights in Loki that happened in, you know, the on the finale of WandaVision. You know, I just I've found myself being disappointed in some of the fight choreography in these shows. And I'm hoping that it gets a little better because everything else about the shows is at the level of the MCU right now. I mean, maybe this, maybe the CGI isn't exactly as high as it would be in a theatrical release, but you know, the storytelling has been there. The character beats have been there. The, the soundtrack, the, the score has been there. I feel like the only thing that hasn't been there at that level is the fight choreography and the action scenes, except for Falcon Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier, for the most part. Um, I just, it, it was, it was a bit of a bummer to me. So hopefully it gets better. And if we get a fight scene with Kingpin, maybe it'll be brutal and fun. Well, you mentioned score, and we're talking that rooftop scene, so I think I'd be remiss if we didn't point out one of the best moments in the show, which was when Kate got thrown off the roof by yes, yeah, Elena, and was hanging there, and Clint looked down and had that little moment, and you even mm-hmm. hear the score from Endgame, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh. You actually heard it earlier in the episode, too. Yeah, they've, they've, they've hit that scene. a couple of times in this show, and it man, it which, hits hard every time. Which we mm-hmm. didn't talk about yet, but that whole apartment scene was probably the highlight of the episode until the end the whole Mm -hmm. that just that whole thing was great i mean right you can go into it if you want but yeah where she's hanging there and he's just kind of looking at her and he's just having that flashback and then she's like pull me up and then he i mean that whole thing was awesome he cuts her down and so you notice the score in those like those really quick moments both all you guys 
Nerds. <laughs> I say I that be, now. I but as soon lying. as Michael Keaton comes on the screen and flash, I'm gonna freak the fuck out. <laughs> I would be lying if I said I noticed it on the first watch through. I definitely, you know, it was brought to my attention reading some articles, but I definitely oh, picked see, up not to toot my own horn, but <laughs> two, two, I did notice it on the first time. I yeah, I did too. Well, I, and I'll also say with that same scene, there is some nice parallel because I think earlier you saw that scene with Natasha. I think I got to go back and look, but I think she said, you know, let me go in his flashback and Kate said the exact opposite. Pull me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love that. They, they do a great job of like doing those parallels. But he actually does let her go too, to yeah. parallel even yeah. further. Yep. Which sounds literally and figuratively. Well, at first I saw, him cutting, <laughs> I saw him cutting the rope at first. I was like, Jesus, man, what are you doing? I didn't realize she was like, that close to the ground already i was just like yeah with the lights to kind of he's slow like, you her know fall. what mm-hmm. <laughs> he's well, like i gotta protect you this over with <laughs> it's gonna happen eventually let's just do it <laughs> yeah. i did i said I, pull me up not cut me loose you know talking about the the balance between the emotional and the comedy the comedy beat mm-hmm. next after right after that where she just gets up frustrated and just walks back oh, up yeah. the stairs i thought was brilliant i i i really love they had this really deep heartbreaking scene where clint has to relive like the worst moment of well probably the second worst moment of his life right and then immediately to her just frustrated and angrily walking back into the building to go upstairs i thought was brilliant oh yeah that's great i thought it was great and then yelena's incredible uh swan dive off of the off of the building was excellent Mm -hmm. um and did clint get a chance to see her face Yes. Uh, because it looked like as soon as the mask came off is when she hit him with the widow sting right or the widow bite not sting but um and it, yeah, he turned right. away and so mm. kate saw her face for sure but i was curious if uh if he did not that he would know who she is by any means but uh, i was just he, curious if he saw he, it. Knew, he knew enough he knew she was a, a, a widow <laughs> yeah he didn't know that or, or did you think he meant like her husband had passed like a widow. <laughs> <laughs> if he does know who she is, I mean, you would think he was so close with Natasha that, you know, he would have at least known about her, whether he's maybe seen her picture or not. I don't know. But, well, I don't know. Right. I think they made it pretty clear in Black Widow that they hadn't had any interaction in years. Right. But I mean, but, she, I, but after like that, about it was yeah. Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, that's I true. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. Who knows? We'll, yeah, but we'll I don't think they had it. any extra. Well, no, she went and broke them out from the prison. So, yeah. Yeah, so she would have seen yeah. him. Yeah, I, if he saw her face, we didn't see it on camera, but, I mean, my guess is he probably did because she ran off the roof, and so he probably, because at that point, you already saw him pulling that off his neck and everything. So I, my guess is he probably did. Right. You're right. Like, whether he recognizes her or not is a different question, so. Yeah, I was just curious if he actually had a chance to see her face because I think that that would be that could that could lead to another fun comedy beat in the next episode of Kate trying to draw what Elena looks like with her <laughs> rudimentary <laughs> skills right. of, of, Which, of seeing it. I've been loving that because I think they're setting up to where if they're going to do another Hawkeye series, it's going to be Kate being a private eye like in the comics. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, because there's just a lot of like little Easter eggs where it seems like they're kind of setting it up with it. So. Todd, if they're going to do a private eye series like that, Howard the Duck. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm here That's for it. I've see. loved I've loved every every single appearance that we've got of Howard the Duck so far in the MCU. Yeah, but that, that Howard the Duck comic that came out that started a few years back, amazing. It was a good run. It, it was, was a good. private detective, basically. <laughs> yeah, that was a so good funny. one. 
Um, darn it. Now I, I lost my train of thought because I was thinking about Howard the Duck. Uh, the the fear in Clint's face when she when he tells Kate that it's over because somebody hired a Black Widow assassin, I thought was it was nice. Or the reverence there of him understanding the the uh, the true truly the danger it's that uh, that they caught. Yeah, that they caused. Yeah. These ain't the track suits anymore. Right. Or and even is, or even Maya. Is, is Clint still crashing in um Kate's like aunt's house or something like yeah. that? Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he's like, go home, Kate. No, I'm going back <laughs> to your aunt's. <laughs> I have a frozen decker here, home? whatever that was. Why you go home, Clint? Yeah, like a wine cooler strapped well, to this. And and Kate still has the watch. Yeah. So he's <laughs> and that was the first thing I thought of what at the end of that scene. It's like Go get the watch from her. Like, right. Go home. G- give me that first. But wait, we go wait, home. Come back. Come back. Right? Also, I do think it's funny when they were like flipping the coins and stuff, and she got it like on the third try after being incredibly drunk. So I'm just like, guess that's the key to it. Just, it's like the drunken master. She's like Jackie Jan out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. Which we I- haven't. We hadn't talked about that scene at all. But um, sorry, Sean, I cut you off there, man. Oh no, that's fine. I was just going to say, I I think that um, is going to come. Uh, I think that's going to come into play by the end of the series again. Um, one because that actually what happens in the comics, um, but they focus on that so much, like they made a, like a whole minute scene of that. Like I I think it'd be weird for them to focus on that and make it so cinematic and not have it come up again. So I, I so I'm predicting right now that it's going to show up again. So. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. It is. And especially I, I did like that scene a lot because I think people forget that Hawkeye isn't just that accurate with a bow and arrow. Like it's anything. Like he, he's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There's my favorite moment of Hawkeye ever actually doesn't come from the Hawkeye run. It comes from the Ultimates. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody hasn't read the Ultimates, please. The first two, two Ultimates one and two were great. Ultimates three was terrible. Um, that was where they made Pietro and Wanda incest it was yeah uh, awful yeah it was a bad it was a bad time that sounds Um, awful tell me more (laughs) but in that um hawkeye gets captured and they've got him tied down and they've got nothing else in the room and somebody comes in uh to interrogate him and he says you shouldn't have left he says you shouldn't have left me with my fingernails and you see that while he's got his hands tied down he's been prying his fingernails off and he's flicking them into like the jugular of the people and he breaks out by killing people with his fingernails. And it's okay. Did you even flick that's, without a fingernail? That's too much, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, he's one of these flicks. Like he was like, oh. you don't need a fingernail for that. But yeah, that was a crazy scene. I do remember so. that though. Yeah. So I, I, I agree. I'm sure that will come that's back. almost out. as bad as David Hasselhoff is uh, Nick Fury with the explosive <laughs> eye. <laughs> I'll see you in hell. We'll do lunch. <laughs> we'll do lunch. <laughs> oh, oh, don't worry. I've got a few tricks up my iPad. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say we hadn't talked about that that scene where Kate puts out an olive branch that, that Clint actually uh, accepts where they get to do the ugly sweater night. They get He actually got a chance to do the movie marathon, which I thought was great. And... Um, you know, I just, I, I really, I really enjoyed that. I'm liking the emotional moments that they're giving Jeremy Renner in this show. I think he's, he's pulling them off perfectly. And, um, and it's showing just a side of Hawkeye that he hasn't gotten to, 
to portray much in the uh, in the movies. So I'm I'm loving when they get a chance to uh, to do that. I did think it was funny that uh, Christmas Vacation was in that little uh, bundle of movies she had because Clark Griswold himself had to have put those lights up that Kate fell into. Because why were those things so strategically like webbed together like that? I just imagine he's just like, these are going to look great here. Just plugging them in. And then Kate has to flounder into them. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah. Thanks for bringing Sorry. up Christmas vacation. That's twice now that you've got me all off onto Flustered. a different topic. Yeah. I was trying to say that that scene was was wonderfully emotional when he finally started talking, and I was very very happy. The the thing I the finally the point just brought jumped back into my head. The thing I was happy about was Kate's reaction to the fact that Hawkeye was Ronan, because mm-hmm. I was really concerned they were going to go with the trope of she was going to find out instead of figuring it out on her own, and that she was going to like that was going to be their separation. <laughs> Was that she, she was going to get so she, angry? She put that together quick, though, didn't she? There was yeah, no hesitation. She She's like, "Oh, did you learn that from Ronan? You're him, aren't you?" <laughs> I think she was being facetious. I think she's yeah. known. Well, I mean, because episode three, she started speculating that you know, is somebody he was close right. to, right? I, 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 and again, I think this is another thing that they're doing is they're probably setting up her being a private eyes as he's, you know, they're showing up like. You know, she has some pretty interesting detective skills. Now, we don't see her how she works that out. Like, they don't put enough clues clues for that. But um, I think that's what they're setting it up for is to kind of show that she can figure things out pretty quickly with context and everything. Well, and, and especially when she's talking, uh, excuse me, when she's talking to the tracksuit mafia with the Imagine Dragons tickets and all that, right? <laughs> she's pretty quick on her feet. She's, I mean, she, she is. definitely smarter than like she kind of comes across chatty and maybe a little ditzy but i think she's definitely really she's observant observant yeah, yeah she's yeah. yeah yeah well you said <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i i but i was just really happy that they didn't do the trope of her leaving because she was so disappointed in the fact that her hero had uh had, had done such terrible things i i was i, I thought they showed a lot of emotional maturity that she hadn't had a chance to show so far in the show in the in the episodes before so he told her about the time he killed a man just he shot a man just to watch him die i <laughs> fucked that up continue <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were right, going well. with uh, put a gun against his head pulled his trigger and now <laughs> and now he's now he's dead that would have been smarter <laughs> I've got some real quick before rights. you uh real quick though I know I feel like you're about to wrap up and I I agree with that but I had one last thing I was just gonna <laughs> I agree with that I'm quick. done I agree with that I'm done with that uh, 40 minutes ago <laughs> there's no watch on this hand um no it's kind of it's kind of wait it's off. Trent's watch isn't it? <laughs> that's where, that's where your watch is at yeah, if you guys find that I was at the uh around the Avengers <laughs> compound one day and just, oh don't worry it's on their way to return it to you right now buddy right you were just going for a, a jog, right? And then Thanos ships just shows up. I wish I was that cool to have a watch be that important that I would be protected at all costs. Oh, you found my Apple Watch. Thanks. Um, now, real quick, though, just piggybacking off the uh, the scene that Derek was just talking about in the apartment, how we get to 
have these awesome character moments. And, and I'll admit I'm probably with the majority in that I was never like the biggest Hawkeye fan. You know, he was cool. I didn't have anything against him. I didn't hate him, but he was just kind of one of those characters. Like he wasn't real developed early on, which why would he? Cause he was still kind of new in the Avengers and everything. And he was just kind of that quippy side character and whatever. And, you know, as these shows tend to do with me, you know, you really grow to, you know, learn a lot more about him. You grow to care about him a lot more. And I really do like and appreciate Hawkeye and see him in a new light now, thanks to this show. So I'm, I'm wondering if you guys feel like these shows are almost, I don't want to say better than a movie, but like in the sense that you get to spend more time with these characters, do you, are you more excited about the shows or do you think movies are still where it's at? Or where do you guys fall on that? I mean, obviously they can coexist and they will, but I just feel like, a, you know, Hawkeye, I feel like having these six hours to spend time with him and get to know him better as a character has really helped me personally appreciate him. And, you know, I just, that versus a two hour movie, I just didn't know how you guys thought about that. I think that the shows are perfect for the characters that were never going to logically get a movie. Like as much as I love vision, he's one of my favorite characters. They weren't going to do a vision movie. It just wouldn't have made sense. And the same thing with Hawkeye, as much as I love Hawkeye, they were never going to do a Hawkeye movie. And I think that giving them a little bit longer, because if, if each episode is 40 minutes, then by the end of the six episodes, they still, they've had basically what, I mean, I, guess, I can't do I didn't pay the math budget this week, so I don't know what that is hours. off the top of my head. But yeah, you're basically getting two movies out of that where you're not going to they, you know, they weren't going to do that. So I think that it works out perfectly for these kind of more background characters that do have a place to go. And you're able to really get to know them instead of spending all the money on a franchise of films of doing three, four solo movies for them you can do a six episode series and really get to understand the character and have a new appreciation for people that didn't didn't like them as much before so yeah i think that i think that the shows and the movies what they're doing with the two is a brilliant strategy for the mcu going forward yeah yeah i I think it's the combination of the two um because obviously the i think the movies will impact the shows Obviously, I I don't know if it's ever going to be the reverse just because you need a subscription with to watch these uh, shows. Whereas, you know, if the movie, you just have to go pay and watch the movie at the movie theater and everything. So I think it's going to be one of those things where the shows are, you know, just another way for them to explore other stories that were just never going to make it in the movie, which makes a lot of sense. But I mean, I mean, honestly, I think. With the, uh, with the success they've been having with the sh- with the shows, I think it makes sense why they're you know cranking out more content and everything because they're just doing such a great job with that. That um, I think it's just going to give them more opportunity to um, explore those stories, and you know they're always the end goal is for them to make money, right? So they're definitely going to be making money off of this. Which, by the way, I don't know why we don't have a stuffed version of Pizza Dog yet. I w- I would have thought for sure Disney would have sold right. that just in time for the holidays. I have not seen anything yet. I'm like really shocked by that. I was too, especially like I understood why we didn't get a baby Yoda, like why we didn't get a Grogu because they were keeping that secret. So they couldn't market it. They couldn't use that. But pizza dog, man, every single person that I've (laughs) talked to, like, and I don't want to stereotype here, but almost every woman that I've talked to that have watched the show has just gotten so excited about pizza dog. 
Like you're going to tell me that little kids don't want to play. Uh, my kid, every one of my kids wants a one-eyed dog to play with, you know, real or oh, yeah, I don't care. I'm totally getting it for my kid and not for me. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And all these, all these toys that I've got lining my shelves out here in the garage. Those are all, those are all for the kids to play for with. That's why they're out here by the chemicals. <laughs> and the, and the dangerous things that I have out here, power tools and chemicals. That's where the kids toys go, right? Nice. Ian, do you have any thought on the, the shows and the movie and, or the movie I universe think, show uh, universe, all that? I think that it, excuse me, all this has definitely made me appreciate Hawkeye more, even though like, I wouldn't say I never appreciated him, but I never really cared that much about him until now. So it's definitely given me an appreciation and a love for the character, even though he's obviously a you know Green Arrow ripoff. It's, that's what Marvel does to DC. <laughs> do I need to do I need to give you some history lessons about some characters? Let me tell you about Aquaman. You want to talk about DC always ripping off? Mar- yeah, nobody Marvel. cares about Aquaman though. <laughs> give me a good one. Eric cares about him. Give you a good one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, take your time. No, no, I'm not going to start a fight. Go, go ahead. Just, yeah, just don't be, continue. don't be petty. I'm not going to start a fight. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. That's not like you. You're not going to start a fight. I'm not going to start a fight. One We're down. trying to wrap this. You up. don't We've know. Got it's a guest. okay. You're right. You don't know. Okay, so, um, sorry, I'm just not used to you letting me win that easy. Do I go to the waiting room? What happens now? <laughs> you actually get to finish the thought. You, didn't I, care. I, you said you I said don't have an end to the thought. I didn't think we'd get this far. <laughs> you didn't care about Hawkeye as much until until the show is what you were. I didn't. At. I didn't. I think Jeremy Renner has made me fall in love with the character a little bit more than I, I ever would have. I think he's done done a great job with it. I have says Marvel with all the writing and the setting up and everything with the show because you guys know this. Um, well, Sean may not. Everybody, well, you two know this that I, uh, when we did the trailer, uh, I said, Do you really need a Hawkeye show? <laughs> really? Like, that's what it's become. Like, Hawkeye gets a show now. There's so much cooler characters out there. Like, they're going to get shows, but Hawkeye's the first person. And now look at me like every week, like sitting there with my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's he going to do that, now? <laughs> that was kind of the uh, where my question spawned from originally is like, because Derek kind of said these shows are more for the characters like Hawkeye and Vision that don't normally get the spotlight. But I'm thinking sure. like over here, like, so like my favorite MCU characters so far have probably been either like Captain America or Doctor Strange. I'm almost thinking like maybe I would take like a Doctor Strange show over a movie kind of thing you know what i mean like i don't know if i'm alone in that but like getting to spend a weekly you know weekly episodic six hours with these characters versus uh two hour movie once every three or four years like i don't know you know what i'm saying like well it's I, like i've always I feel liked... like i feel like it could be for better characters even than the, no i than the... i agree with you on that because i i like all the characters you're that you're naming but what i like it more if i had a show because like yeah uh, like, wouldn't you love Loki. a steve rogers show yeah yeah the, I want to see Rogers the musical. musical. Rogers the musical. <laughs> and no disrespect to Hawkeye. Like we all love the show, but I'm just saying, like, uh, I feel like the shows could almost be just for anybody, really. Saying, I'm not saying I don't want to see the movie. You're saying Hawkeye but... or Hot Guy? What are we talking about here? Saying tonight? Pan or Pam? 
yeah i uh i agree with you because like uh i've always i, I like loki in all the movies but the show was like light years ahead in my opinion light years uh, I love loki. Uh, better than um what this is the topic tonight is loki mm-hmm. so um yeah so uh i i thought that show was so much better than everything i had seen him in the movies again one man's opinion i just thought that show was that that freaking good and uh if if they could just incorporate that more into these other characters and do that with the show like they did with Loki, I'd, I'd be happy. Which I feel like they have with Hawkeye because, like you guys said, he was he was he was an Avenger. He was like in the front in the in the front ground of of uh, the the he was there. He was there of the movies and everything. But like, did he didn't he didn't he still feel like a side character the whole time he was in those like movies though? Yeah, he was treated more like a side character. Yeah, so he, he just so, he didn't he didn't have as much to do. He wasn't right. Which I do like how they touch on that in this show. I do like how they touch on the, the show where Kate says, like, oh, you you know, the reason people you're one of the more like less known is because you don't put yourself out there, you don't brand. He's just like, Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I don't I don't need all that. <laughs> I don't want to do all that. <laughs> when it comes to whether or not I would rather have a TV show or a movie because of who i am and and my um my affinity towards one versus the other i'm always going to say movie i will always say i would rather have a movie um i love tv i think that the the technology has moved so far forward i think that the things they could do now especially the things that the disney plus shows have done with like the uh um oh gosh what's the what's the thing called that they're using on the star wars shows the the virtual set oh oh gosh real engine yeah, the, that that whole thing over the hub or something like that. Yeah, it's a one word title. I can't remember what I said, like, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's like um, the volume, the volume. That's what it was. Mm, yeah, the volume. Yeah, but with with everything <laughs> they can so do, close, <laughs> as much as I love that, there is never going to be a time where I will sit down and watch a movie or a TV show in my home that I wouldn't have rather seen that in a theater. I love going to see a movie in a theater. I love the mm-hmm. entire experience of it. I love waiting for a couple of years and, and thinking about what's going to happen. That's why I love the, you know, even though the Star Wars sequels had their problems and I didn't love everything about them, I love the experience of getting to go. And I will never get the same experience that I had with Endgame mm-hmm. at home in a t- and watch it with a TV show. I'll never get the same experience I had watching the first Iron Man in theaters that I would, you know, I would never have that at home that I got there, that feeling of it. And as much as I think they can do a lot with these TV shows, I hope to God that they always do what they're doing now, where they have the movies and the TV, where the movies are the main thrust of the MCU and the TV shows are supplemental, where they're necessary, they're important, they should be there. Um, but I, I'm always going to say that the movies are where it's at for me. And I know it's a personal preference, and I know a lot of people, you know, with the pandemic especially, with all of the the digital movies and the the day and date releases, I've been against that from the beginning. I can understand why they do it. Um, we've had many conversations on this show about it. I'm always going to be a theater guy, so I uh, I, I 100% would rather watch a movie than a TV show, even if I feel like I could get more information about the character. I think if the movie is done well and it's written well and it's directed well and everybody is doing what they're supposed to do, I think that a an hour and a half long movie can be just as good as a six episode tv show if it's done right but i'll always mm-hmm. prefer movies sean what'd you think about that whole situation 
Which situation? The, the, just the idea of what, Tom what is asleep. Bringing up. Let him leave, Derek. <laughs> no, I no, I, 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 no, I, I just want to make sure I'm, I'm answering the question because I think there was like three questions that was thrown out and we just kind of got around. So I just want to make sure I'm pluck one and go with one. <laughs> What's the idea of would you rather see, like, instead of a Doctor Strange 2, would you mm-hmm. rather see a TV show about Doctor Strange? So instead of going and seeing a two-hour movie, would you rather see a six-episode show? Right. Like for I mean, some of the bigger characters. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I mean, for me, it's like I, I like both of them. So I, I think I, I, I think it makes sense for the bigger ones to make it movies because those are the ones, again, Disney, the Disney Plus Marvel shows are still behind a subscription paywall. And not everybody, especially with the influx of streaming services, not everybody is going to pay for that to, you know, just get that. And like, you can't really measure yet how much money you're getting off from that show. Mm-hmm. Like you can get watches, stuff like that, but you can't really measure, you know, how much money you're getting from that and everything. Whereas the movies you can. So I think it's always going to be a thing where if it's one of the major characters, it's always going to be a movie and they might show up in a show, which I don't think we've seen that yet with the exception of, um, loki but again like all these characters they haven't had their own movie or anything like that you know so it's um so i think it's always going to be like that where it's the major characters are always going to be uh the movies and then you know the stories that are really interesting to dive into and everything is always going to be the show for that reason but i i like both of them i i you know I'm, i'll say this i'm a sucker where you know no matter where they put it on i'm going to go see it so it's, whether it's in the theater or if it's streaming through disney plus i'm gonna go see it but i mean i, I agree with you derek and that I don't think movie theaters ever going to go away because there's something, especially with, with this, right? Like I can't remember the last time I've had that sort of feeling with an audience that I didn't know of experiencing a movie like we did with Endgame and Infinity War and some of the other movies, right? Like I can't remember, you know, <laughs> you know, leaving Mission Impossible and be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, we're all like hooting and hollering for that movie or whatever, you know, but um but I think that experience of having that shared experience with a group of people that you don't even know mm-hmm. and, you know, hearing everybody freak out when Captain America picks up Molnir and, and all that. Right. Like, I think we're just it's always going to be a theater experience is always going to be it's always going to be around for that reason. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think theaters will always be around in some capacity or other. And I'm so excited mm-hmm. for that to happen. Please go out and support a local theater anybody that's listening mm-hmm. to this if you can if you can safely get to a theater please do so um one last thing i wanted to ask and it will be quick i've been saying from the beginning of or since this show started that they are not going to kill off clint Bar- barton after yelena coming in and after them having this moment at the end of this where clint was genuinely concerned about how serious the situation got do you guys think in any way that they would actually kill off Clint Barton on the week of Christmas on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, I had to throw in a Christmas there. show. It, is Disney going to kill off Bambi's mother? Wait, not on Christmas. <laughs> not on Christmas Day. They're not. <laughs> not in a six-episode show. They're counting down to Christmas. Which side note? Did you know that apparently Disney's daughter like begged him to not have. Bambi's mother killed off and he still did it anyways yeah that doesn't surprise me I heard he backhanded her too when she was begging (laughs) get away from me 
<laughs> and she, then she read, was uh, crying. She read the script and, and he got crying. mad about he it. Women like, don't use read. those tears for Bambi. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, That's all right. I'll say there's I, no. Yeah, I no, I agree. I I don't think so at all. I I, I but they have to resolve something with, you know, the, what he did as Ronan, especially if it comes out that he was the one that killed uh, Maya's father. Which I don't. I I think the way they have to make this work is that I think there has to be some sort of reveal that Clint wasn't Ronan. Although I think it's hard because he knew like what happened in that whole situation, not like the, the details necessarily, but he knew that Ronan, you know, took out the tracks of mafia and everything. So he at least knew about it. But I think what's going to happen is um, they're going to have to explain that Clint wasn't Ronan that killed off Maya's father. Um, but I just don't think they're going to kill Hawkeye off after you saw the devastation of him losing his family. And then, you know, for him to finally be with his family and then get killed off after a year. And just like what you said, Derek, like right before the holidays, like, I think, I think that would be a literal riot that people will have if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to say literal riot, but I mean, people would be very upset. And I think it would change the whole tone of the show, to be honest. And I think it would just be very, very disappointing and kind of leave a sour taste in your mouth for that. So. Yeah, because I want to reiterate, because if anybody doesn't know, the last episode comes out on December 22nd. We're talking three days before Christmas in mm -hmm. a show where the entire crux is that Clint makes it home to his kids on Christmas Day. So I don't know that I don't know that they're going to be that heartless to uh, to kill off an Avenger. On the week of Christmas, maybe I'm crazy. What if what if he what if, what if right when he comes back, that's when he he gets like shot or something, and on his deathbed he just reaches up and grabs his son and says, "I made it." Oh, God, <laughs> and then he just <sighs> and he just he's done. It's over. I made it. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> he's dead. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> well on that happy note i'm gonna call it the night <laughs> um real quick trent did we have any followers this week we got to shout out our, our twitter followers before we wrap things up i think we had one or two we did let me get awesome hold up here twitter followers for the week come from the mcu need to know ridge life 606 la podcast network scotty appleseed and roger dodger so there you have it. Thank you, everyone who is following us. If you're not following us, please consider doing so. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and maybe soon on YouTube. Also, um, make sure that you you follow Sean and his podcast. Sean, you want to throw out some plugs real quick before we hop off here? Yeah. So my podcast um, that I co-host with my friend Kevin Stoliker is called the Caption Life Podcast, and it's about comics and pop culture. So we do a lot of things from talking about movies and, and TV shows that's based on comics and superheroes to talking about you know, our general topics and everything. So um, we have a website you can visit, um, thecaptionedlife.com. And then we're also on Facebook, TikTok, Reddit, um, you know, all the social medias under the username Captioned Life. And, uh, and it's spelled C-A-P-T-I-O-N-E-D-L-I-F-E. So... Awesome. There will be links in the description of this show to the Caption Life and to uh, to Sean and everything that they're doing. Please make sure you go check them out. Show them some love. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for being on here. Uh, Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. It's been a blast. Ian, do you have something to say, sir? Yes, please, please, please follow our sister podcast, The Horror You Know, because we've got a new episode that just came out uh, 
yesterday on the movie Malignant. Everybody from this podcast, except for Derek, is involved in that other podcast, along with uh, Darren, <laughs> who has been on here several times. So uh, Trent actually hosted hosted this one. Um, I listened to it today. It's very interesting. It's bad. It's very <laughs> interesting because uh, because Trent has this toothbrush torture chamber out in his garage. And if you want to hear more about that, uh, please tune into that episode where I laugh maniacally for like 15 minutes because it, it, I see it out of the corner of my eye that I, I can't my shut wife the fuck will be happy up to about know it. That, that made it into this podcast as well. So <laughs> now. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ian, so much for bringing up that other podcast that I was not going to mention because that podcast One day- is already supplanted us on uh, good pods so now derek where <laughs> is that on good pods right now <laughs> yeah the horror you know is about 50 spots above us on the top 100 this week um hey, some of us thank you winning. for everyone that's Woo! listening to the horror you know please do go check out that podcast again check out the caption life thank you for listening Thank you for sharing any information or any information, any thoughts you may have had on this episode. <laughs> we'll take socials. We'll take credit card numbers. We'll take uh, like we're on unsolved mysteries. <laughs> we are officially done with this episode. Dental records. We are not making any sense. So for Sean of the Caption Light Podcast, for Ian and Trent, I have been Derek. This has been the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast. Please come back next time. It might not be as crazy. We'll see you then. Yay! <laughs>